Men. Gentlemen. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the church said, Amen. Obviously from the Declaration of Independence, ratified on July 4th, but debated very, very fiercely on July 3rd. And kind of an interesting factoid, the original statement read, life, liberty, and property. But it was Benjamin Franklin that convinced Thomas Jefferson to change it to the pursuit of happiness. So, if you're ever on Jeopardy, and that question comes up, send me some of the money. So, totally irrelevant, not even related to the lesson. We're talking about breaking independence, and... Uh, I've got to tell this story. I'm sitting at home on a Thursday working remote and my, my phone goes off and it's, a, and, and it's a text message from Tim Gill. And uh, he says, hey, would you like to do a lesson at the men's retreat on breaking independence? And my first thought, I swear, my first thought was, why would you want to break something so wonderful? <laughs> independence is great. Why would, you, why would you want to do that? And so I, I, I sat there and kind of thought about it for a while. Like, what should I say? Should I say no? Then what, what's, what's going to be my answer? No, because I don't agree with the topic? So I did the right thing. I, I, uh, what would Elena do? My wife. <laughs> I said, sure, sure, I'll do it. I'll do it. And um, so I was thinking about it throughout the day, and, and I was starting to like get like really anxious and kind of like, I don't know if I can talk about this. So I decided that night that I had to talk to my wife, and I, and I was dreading this because I knew that it was there was going to be a fight, there was going to be an argument. Because <laughs> so. Oh, it's oh, it's on. <laughs> so. I, I, I kind of like, we were in the kitchen and I kind of looked away and I'm like, so, uh, I don't know about this men's retreat lesson. I couldn't even look her in the eyes. Why is that? Well, it's, it's, it's on breaking independence. She goes, well, I think this is going to be a great learning opportunity. <laughs> so, I told Tim, I said, the only way that I'm going to be able to do this lesson is if I can speak completely out of weakness. Because this is not one of my strong points at all. Um, and without getting into too much detail, I think that uh, what happened during the course of my life is that I went from being kind of a dependent, codependent person to swinging too far to the opposite end of the spectrum. And now I'm trying to find balance. So I've got two points. The two points that I'm going to share with you guys I think are very simple. And my part of the lesson is going to be rather short, I think. The first point is that absolute independence is not only impossible, it's delusional. So whenever I was thinking about what is it exactly do I hate about independence? Is it, is it actually depending on somebody else that I don't like? And the answer to that question is obviously no. We all depend on farmers. I mean, I think it's fair to say, unless you're like one of those weird guys that likes to live in the woods like Paul Mariolis. Then you don't need no stinking farmers. All of us depend on farmers. All of us depend on 
Um, sweatshops in Bangladesh to make our clothes. Um, we, we all depend... We, all de- we physically depend on each other constantly. Uh, homo sapiens, human beings, are, are, are social animals. Um, if you were to go out and live on your own out in, the, out in the wild and be by yourself, you would literally go insane. You wouldn't know that you were insane until you tried to reintegrate back into society. And then your, your insanity would become very much uh, apparent. So human beings are social creatures. We, we depend on each other. So for, for me, what's hard is the intellectual acknowledgement that I need other people. That, that is incredibly hard for me to say, yeah, I depend on you. I need you. If you weren't here, Elena, the kids would be a mess. They wouldn't be fed. They wouldn't have clothes. And I would probably shoot myself. <laughs> like... But it's, it's an intellectual acknowledgement that we need other people, I think, that we as men tend to struggle with. Because when it comes down to brass tacks, we all rely on other people every single day. Absolute independence is not only impossible, it's delusional. I want to tell you a story. I listened to a podcast recently by this, uh, uh, this guy named Michael Dowd. He was a, he was a police officer uh, back in New York in the 1980s. And he ended up going to jail for corruption. He was a horribly dirty, dirty, dirty cop. Ended up going to jail, and he spent the first 18 months in solitary confinement. And he was talking about what it was like after he left solitary confinement, and he was back in, pub- back in the public or back out with everybody else in the uh, common part of the jail. And he said that, that you get so disoriented that you forget like, how to walk around people. Like that, that, that normal, that normal uh, sort of sixth sense that we have that somebody's too close to us or we know not to get too close with somebody if they're just an acquaintance and if they're a loved one we can get even closer. That had completely vanished. He said it, he said it was gone. He said he had, he had no, he, he could not, he, he had to learn how to relate to other people again. So that's what happens to people who are separated from society, separated from human contact. It's not natural. It's not natural to be separated from other human beings. So that's my first point. Uh, my second point is that success in life, this is, this is just an observation, success in life is contingent upon dependence on others. In other words, if you want to be successful in life, okay, uh, I, I, sound like, uh, I sound like Robert Tillman, success in life ministries. Call now and give till it hurts. Um, if you want to be successful in life, Otherwise known as the farting preacher for you young guys. You have to rely on other people. You, you, you have to. Uh, I read the Steve Jobs biography about a, about a year ago, and uh, I highly recommend reading that book. There's also another book out there called Unbroken by Laura Hildebrand. I highly recommend, you guys didn't get the joke, I highly recommend reading that book. Uh, the book is phenomenal. Uh, the movie was good. The book is absolutely phenomenal. But one of the things that they talked about in the book is that Steve Jobs... If he, if he wouldn't have had Steve Wozniak, who was his engineer, he was the guy that actually designed the computers, designed the circuit, circuit boards. He was the brainchild of the Apple II, which launched Apple into stardom. Had there been no Steve Wozniak, there would have been no Steve Jobs. He would have just been some eccentric, LSD-popping hippie that lived out in California. <laughs> so, and and whenever, whenever I read that, I thought, this is really interesting, because we as a culture look at Steve Jobs... And we think, now there is a guy that I want to be like. He is, he is doing his own thing, running his own business, living his own life. He just doesn't, he just doesn't care. He, he, he does whatever he wants. But 
from the start, even a guy like Steve Jobs, as eccentric and as brilliant and as independent as he was, had to have the fat guy with the beard, Steve Wozniak. He, he, had, to, he had to have him. The, the other person that I think of, and Tim and I talked about this, is Moses. Um, and I actually wrote down on my notes, Nathan was making fun of me, Moses the desert weirdo. Uh, <laughs> Moses, Moses spent 40 years out in the desert. Now, I can only imagine what he must have looked like at 40 years out in the desert. Uh, he probably would have been really unkept, probably would have had a long beard, long hair, long fingernails. Uh, he probably would have been really strange. He probably would have lost that, that normal understanding that we have of how to interact with other people. And what does God call him to do? We all know the story. He calls him to free his people, to, to go from being a hermit in the desert to being front and center stage in the nation of Israel. Front and center stage. But he couldn't have done it without his brother. We all know that. Moses evidently had a stuttering problem. <laughs> he, 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 even Moses, as independent of a guy as he was, would not have been able to lead the people of Israel had it not been for the people that were around him. Final thoughts, um, since uh, my thunder was kind of stolen in the last lesson, I was going to talk about the end of the, of the movie, Louis Zamperini, uh, his conversion story. I didn't know you were going to talk about that, Richard. Final thoughts. <laughs> right. This uh, scripture kind of stood out to me whenever I was studying. Um, it comes from 1 Peter 2.16, and it says, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. So, this is a weakness for me. It's something that I struggle with. But I think that the first step is acknowledging that no matter where I'm at in life, I have to rely on God, and I'll always have to rely on God. Absolute independence is not only impossible, it's delusional. Success in life is contingent upon dependence on others. And just in case you guys are thinking that I'm somebody to emulate, Philippians 3.12 says, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And with that, I'm going to let Nathan come up here and uh, close out the lesson with his half. Thank you very much. All right. Um, it's kind of funny. You know, we were talking about this independence thing, and we are, like, on different ends of the spectrum. Growing up, I was pretty codependent. You know, I kind of, like, let other people's faith kind of dictate my faith. Uh, what they did is what I wanted to do, and what they didn't do is what I would do. Um, but it's funny because, my, and my dad actually, actually said this, but it's kind of like an object lesson to have us do a lesson together on independence <laughs> because we have to talk about it. We have to depend on each other. But um, I just want to talk about unbroken independence because uh, independence can be a bad thing if you don't rely on God, but it can also be a really good thing if you use it in the right way. I think so, in, in, in a lot of ways we have to tweak our idea of what independence is. Um, so I've only got three quick points about just areas in our life where we should be independent. Um, the first thing is we need to have independent faith. Um, like I was saying, whenever I grew up, like I, my faith was my dad's faith. It wasn't my faith. My faith was Kerry Cox's faith. It wasn't my faith. My faith was my youth leader's, you know, Mike Giffmeyer's faith. It wasn't my faith. I had to learn the hard way that those people's faith, like, it couldn't be mine. Because it didn't mean the same thing, um, you know. We talk about Aaron and, uh, and 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 Moses. Like Moses had Aaron, but he didn't depend on Aaron. He relied on Aaron. He depended on God. 
that's where his, uh, his source of, of power came from. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, you guys have probably all heard this before, but it says, Brothers and sisters, in the past I could not talk to you as I talked to spiritual people. I did not talk to you as I would to people without the Spirit, babies in Christ. The teaching I gave you was like milk, not solid food, because you were not able to take solid food. And even now, you are not ready. You are still not spiritual, because there is jealousy and quarreling among you. And this shows that you are not spiritual. You are acting like people of the world. One of you say, I belong to Paul. And and another says, I belong to Apollos. When you say these things, you're acting like the world. And he's saying, man, the church of Corinth, they were men and women who depended on... They depended on Paul's faith. They depended on Apollos' faith. It, it was all about somebody else taking care of them. And it instantly made me think about my daughter. You know, being a dad is a totally different world. And I know all you guys have been dads for a long time. It's like, duh. But to me, it's like, man, this is like so weird. Um, it's funny because yesterday, uh, Nora has gotten sick for the first time. Like really sick. Uh, like 102 temperature sick. And I was holding her after I just fed her a, uh, a thing of food, and then I gave her six ounces of, of uh, milk, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> and I was holding her and calling my dad, and it's ringing and ringing, and you probably wonder why I never called you back. That's because I got just fountain, just like fire hydrant to the chest. It was like <laughs> all over our kitchen floor. It was it was terrible, and she had diarrhea. It, it was. One day she'll hear this and be really embarrassed, but uh, no, it was it was crazy, and I, it, it really got me thinking about how, as a baby, we have to be dependent on people, and we have to, like Nora can't feed herself, she can't wipe herself, she 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 can't clean herself, she can't even take a bath by herself, you know, she can't clothe herself, all those things, and that's kind of how we start off as Christians. But how many times do we stay there? Yeah. Like you know, so some of us have been Christians for forty years, but we're but we're forty year old babies. You know, we we still aren't developing our own faith. We're waiting for somebody else to do it. Um, in campus, we always talk about this, man. Develop your own faith. It can't be depend. You can't depend on somebody else. And yet we still do. We, we're so we're waiting for somebody to send out the daily text so we can have our quiet time. <laughs> you know, it's it's silly, but it's true. Like that's what we do. We uh, we wait for somebody else to feed us. Um, and like we we become codependent, and then like 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 John was saying, we swing the other way and we go independent, where we don't know, we don't want anybody's help, and that's not good either. Um, so the question I want to ask you for that first point is, am I developing my own faith, or am I relying on others' faith? Am I waiting for somebody else to uh, tell me what to do? Um, my second point is uh, we need to have independence from the world. Um, a lot of times we like to blend in. Um, but what I mean is we need to stand firm in our faith when the world pushes the other way. Whenever you think about Moses, um, he grew up in the palace. You know, he's, he's, uh, that's his family. He knows all the servants. He knows every nook and cranny of that place. Um, but he decides to go a different way. Uh, you mean, think about that. That's your home. You, that's all you've known. And, and God's telling you to go against Pharaoh. He's choosing God over comfort. And a lot of times the world is really comfortable, isn't it? Yeah. It's easy to blend in. It's easy to, you know, just do the stuff the world does. Hey, take a drink of this. Hey, smoke this. Hey, let's go out here and let's go do this. And it's really easy to say, yeah, blend in. 
Um, but we have to have an independence from the world. Um, in Romans 12, another verse you probably heard, it says, Do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed within by a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide what God wants from you. For you will know what is good and pleasing to Him and what is perfect. Um, talking about uh, blending in, I, I instantly thought of whenever I was in grade school, uh, Dad's gonna remember this right off the bat. But um, I used to try to cuss to fit in. If you've seen iRobot, I'm Shia LaBeouf, and he cusses wrong. Like he'll put the wrong words where they don't fit. It's just it's really bad. But uh, there was I don't know why I did this, but I was in math class, and I started writing all the cuss words I could think of in my math book. Like this, in a random page, in a random page, in pen. Yeah, real smart. I got caught. Obviously, I got caught. I think I was I was doing tutoring or something after school, or maybe it was mom. I can't remember. But somebody we were putting it through, and they were like, "What? What is this?" And I was like, "Oh, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Dad came down me pretty hard, and then he said, "Oh, by the way, you misspelled one of those words." <laughs> It's not. It's not D A M. Every experience has to be a learning one. <laughs> but I can think of, of constant moments in my life where I try to blend in with the world, and I would try to fit in because I didn't want to look weird, or I didn't want to look like a freak, or a Bible thumper, or, or whatever you call it. Um, and but guys, that's that's the exact opposite of what God calls us to be. He calls us to be something totally different. Matthew 5, uh, You are the light that gives light to the world. A city that is built on a hill cannot be hidden. And people don't hide a light under a bowl. They put it on a lampstand so the light shines for all the people in the house. In the same way, you should be a light for other people. Live so that they will see the good things you do and will praise your Father in heaven. And uh, guys, I just want you to think about, are you sticking out or are you blending in? Are you independent from the world, or are you the same as everybody else? And you can fool yourself. You can come to retreats. You can come to church every week. You can do say all the nice things, do all the you know do great things, go serve people. But you can blend in with the world at the same time, and you can make choices that aren't based on pleasing God, like like uh, Richard was saying, choices that aren't based on your dependence on God, and you can look just like the world. And honestly, that, that turns a lot of people off to uh, God anyways. So first off, um, is your faith your own? Second, are you standing out from the world or are you blending in? The, the last point I got, uh, just to make this quick, it's uh, we need to have independence from our sin. Um, whenever I think about like, taking independence from, from my sin, it's like it, it, it has to be like a radical fighting Satan kind of thing. Um, I think about in, in my life, my, my struggles with pornography growing up, and uh, just different how that bled into my relationship with Nicole, and, and I, I never really fought it. I mean, think about that. I mean, how many sins do we really fight aggressively? Or do we just give in? And when you think about Moses again, imagine coming down from the mountain with the tablets, and everybody else is, get, is boozing it up. You know, they've got false idols. 
he probably felt really guilty, you know, holding those tablets. He would have jumped in. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though? There was a temptation there. And he didn't just say, oh, they shouldn't be doing that, and, and just kind of walk away. He says, what, are you, what the heck are you guys doing? He confronts it. He's aggressive. In, uh, I obviously thought of Romans 7, you know, the, 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 the battle of sin that Paul goes through. Um, what do I do? You know, do I do this? Do I not do this? I, I want to do this, but I want to do that. And sometimes I wonder, man, do I even think about that battle? Or am I just doing whatever comes natural? You know, the Nike thing, just do it. And that used to be their thing. I just think about, like, man, am I even, like, am I even resisting? Am I even, or am I just making excuses? You know, oh, I have to masturbate to go to sleep at night. (laughs) And I have to look at porn so I can masturbate because I don't have a very good imagination. (laughs) I mean, guys, think about the rationalization that we use. Think about the, the excuses and the ways that we try to make what we're doing okay. In Romans 5, verse 6 through 8, it says, uh, When we were unable to help ourselves at the right time, Christ died for us, although we were living against God. Very few people will die to save the life of someone else, although perhaps for a good person someone might possibly die. But God shows His great love for us in this way. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. And you guys have heard that verse like tons of times. And... What I want to remind you is your independence was already bought from sin. If you're shackled by sin, as you read in Romans 7, you know, being shackled and you're a slave to sin, that's your choice. Because Jesus already did the work. You're already, you've already been made independent of your sin. Um, and the question to go along with that is, are, like, I mean, I've already asked it, but are, are you fighting for independence from sin? Or are you just letting Satan have his way? Are you just letting him just do whatever he wants to you, and you're just just taking it? You know, are you going to fight against it, guys? We have to fight for our independence. We have to. It's not just going to happen on accident. Like we're not just going to wake up one morning and be independent of our sin. It's, you have to plan it. Um, and guys, I, I don't know. I just just gonna, just going to close it out. I just I just can't help but think about what would my life be like if I had made my own faith sooner if I had developed my own faith way earlier. Because I, I had a head start on a lot of my friends um, that I reached later on. You know, I, I, it, I smile from ear to ear watching Richard get to get up here. Man, it, it is... I'm telling you, man, it is the coolest thing. I get chills thinking about it. Just I remember sitting in his uh, house studying the Bible and meeting him at SIUE and just how things have changed. And I wonder, man, could I have been effective in other people's lives had I had my own faith sooner? Had I bought my independence had I fought for my independence sooner. Because um, if you don't have your own faith, guys, forget about fighting sin. Forget about standing out in the world. That's never going to happen because you're just going to be going through the motions. So, what were you going to say? Yeah, yeah, I've actually got one thing to say. Isn't it? Like, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, Holy Spirit moment, sorry. Um, so, I, I was thinking about this and, and really debating on whether or not Ava I even wanted to share this story because it's a, it's a very personal story. But I think that it's going to dovetail well with what you said. I think that whenever it comes to struggles, whatever your struggle may be, we, we often tend to think of our, our struggle should look like this. We're, we're living our life uh, in sin, whatever that sin may be, and then we have this aha moment, and then we go up here. You know, the, the classic hockey stick pattern. But what I found uh, 
being a Christian now since 2001 is that life is not like that at all. <laughs> life is more like, it's more like this, and then you're up here, and then maybe you'll hang out up here for a while, then you come back down, and then you might spend a little bit more time down here, and then you're up here for a second. It's, it's this constant... It's this constant jigsaw, or this constant sawtooth pattern. And just to give you guys kind of the picture of where I was uh, three years ago, and I just just felt like I needed to share this story. I shared it with you. Uh, Back in 2010, 2011, I was in probably the darkest place that I've ever been in my entire life. Most people don't know because I didn't tell a whole lot of people about it because I'm fiercely independent. But my wife knows, and a few people do know. I think Paul, Paul probably knows. But... I was, uh, uh, Elena was pregnant. Our marriage was, was on the rocks. It was, it was in a pretty bad place. Um, I remember, uh, well, I was, I was, I was drinking a lot. I was drinking pretty heavily. Um, I had picked up smoking cigarettes again. It's really embarrassing for me to share this. Picked up uh, a bad smoking habit. And, uh, I, I was, I was plagued by this independent rebelliousness that I thought that, you know what, I've, I've, I've lived this life, this Christian life, since I was a sophomore in high school. I think it's time to try something else. And uh, so I, I, was, I was living this life that was so contrary to what I, had, to what, to what I knew was right. And it was starting to cause a, a huge strain on my marriage. Well, anyway, um, March 2011, uh, my beautiful little girl Samantha was born. And I remember having this moment probably about a month, a month or so after she was born, middle of the night, 2 o'clock in the morning, she cries. Uh, I reach over, I tell Elena that I'm going to get up with her. So I get up with her, and I'm, I'm, I'm holding her. And I'm feeding her a bottle, and I'm rocking her. And I remember looking, looking at her foot, and I just, I don't know what it was, but I was just looking at her foot, and I was listening to Baby Einstein, I, I was, or Baby Mozart, some Mozart song was playing. And I was just so overwhelmed with, with, with love. Just this, this feeling of connection with, with God, connection with the cosmos. I, I, it was just one of those moments. And it was, like, it was like God saying, in spite of who you've become, I still love you. In spite of where you're at, I'm still here and it's not over. And as long as you don't give up on me, I'll never give up on you. And... It, it, I was reminded of something that C.S. Lewis wrote. He said that God whispers to us in our pleasure and shouts at us in our pain. And it's, it's, it's when we're, we're vulnerable in life that I think we're more in tune to hear the voice of God. So if there's somebody in this room that's struggling with whatever it is, mine happens, my, I, this isn't my only struggle. Just know that, that you're going to have periods of victory and you're going to have periods of defeat. But don't give up. Stay at it, and eventually you will you will prevail with the help of Christ. That's the only thought that I had left to share. Yeah, so uh, I guess we'll go ahead and close it in prayer. Okay. Father God, thank you very much for this men's retreat. Thank you for the men here. Uh, thank you for the lessons so far. They've been fantastic. I really enjoyed hearing Richard's uh, lesson on pride. Um, I just pray that uh, the next lesson will go well and uh, that we'll continue to have a good time and that we will grow closer to you and grow closer to each other. And as we come down from the spiritual mountaintop, that we uh, can learn to live out many of the lessons and principles that we've, that, we've, uh, that we've been taught this weekend. We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.